Welcome to Been There, Watch That, your favorite movie and TV reviewers, Justin, myself, Joe, and Dave, as always. Uh, find us on social media at uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, BTWT Pod. That's BTWT for Been There, Watch That Pod. Also, uh, Joe maintains our website, beentherewatchthat.com. It's my pick this week, and I chose Ford versus Ferrari. Dave, you are recording, correct? You betcha. Perfect. <laughs> not, not messing around, Joe. <laughs> Let's make sure. Because we had a, a quick conversation before we started. I was like, yeah. okay, I have to ask before we get any further. Sorry about that. Okay, so. Hey, I, I could use a second take anyway, so if we weren't uh, recording. <laughs> Usually the first one's a little shaky. Nah, we're good. All right, so Ford versus Ferrari. 2019, Matt Damon, Kristen Bale. Yeah. Racing. So, Dave, you, you did watch this movie. Yeah, I watched it prior. So, this was my first take, Justin. This was your first take, too, yep. right? Yeah, this is probably the third time I've seen it. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, after watching, I can see why. Mm-hmm. But I, It's dis- easy to watch. Full disclosure, when I saw the preview and, and when it first came out in theaters, mm-hmm. I saw the preview and I wasn't really sold on the movie. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. either. I remember... Not, it not being something I was like, oh, I got to go see that. I was a little skeptical. Yeah, because I thought, okay, yeah, it's a history of two car makers, big whoop. But boy, was I wrong. There, It, it is well worth a big whoop. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, have you ever seen Christian Bale with the British accent before in any movie? I'm going to tell you the full, I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't know that was Christian Bale until after I did my notes after the movie. <laughs> is like, he British? I, no. No. He isn't. So, okay. so let me, and I know you've probably seen him in some of this stuff, so do you guys want to go ahead and jump into the synopsis oh, yeah. and cast? You're always good about setting the stage. Yeah, and I'm going to watch the trailer while you're doing that, just because I don't remember the trailer, so I'm going to see what impression it gives. Okay. Okay, so Ford versus Ferrari is a story of the American car designer Carol Shelby and driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference and the laws of physics to build revolutionary race cars for Ford in order to defeat Ferrari at the 24-hour Le Mans race in 1966. It stars Matt Damon as Carol Shelby, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Matt Damon's work, he was in Goodwill Hunting and the Born Identity, Born Supremacy, those that series of movies. Joe has to see Goodwill Hunting at some point. That's a that's a role I'm putting down. Yeah, actually, I'm. Whenever that whoever's turn comes up and picks that one, I'm actually excited to watch that one. Uh, Christian Bale was Ken played Ken Miles, and he was in Batman Begins and Dark Knight. And I have seen Dark Knight. I can't tell you how yeah. many times I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I say, hold wait, time out. The same guy that was Batman was Ken Miles, and uh, and so phenomenal John to Christian, phenomenal job to Christian Bale because I didn't recognize him. And then John Berthel, this makes John Berthel's second appearance on our podcast, or name drop. He was Lee Iacocca. <clears throat> so if you go back to our previous episode where we reviewed Peanut Butter Falcon, John Berthel makes an appearance in it. And John Berthel is also known for the Walking Dead series. Yep, that's where I first saw him. At me too. So, and then also Josh, Josh Lucas. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. He's, he's in Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, yeah he's the older brother that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Flashback yeah. scenes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. He was he he wasn't in there a lot. He was the brother in Peanut Butter Falcon that they just did blip the little blips to. Silent role. Yeah. 
no no spoken word well no audible we couldn't hear what they were saying right yeah and Josh Lucas played Leo Beebe, and he was in Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, I like him. He's a good actor. Oh, he, he plays a scoundrel in this movie. Yeah, he, made, he did a good job of making you want to punch him. Yeah, by the end of the movie, I just wanted to. The, yeah, the, I wanted to reach to the TV and just wear him out. He was like a, the Ford executive that couldn't help like getting his hands on. In, in the racing business and trying to mess with everything and control. And he he let his personal up. bias interfere. You know, he did he not had, like Ken He had Miles. it out for Kristen Bell's character yeah. big time. Yeah, and it's funny the way that he was portrayed in the movie that Ford actually distanced themselves at the beginning before the movie was released just because based on their portrayal of Leo Beebe. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And they said, time out, we don't want any part of that if you're going to. Yeah. Apparently they finally came around, but. Before that release date, they distanced themselves from, from the movie. Yeah, going into it, Dave said the. Uh, I think you're referring to Tracy Letts, the guy who plays Henry Ford the second. He said he was pretty uh, good in it. You liked him. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's he stood out to me. I thought he was. Yeah. He played that role really well. Yeah, because that's a tough role to play. You got to kind of be. The guy that like he, I thought he gave a very accurate portrayal of a guy that's, kind of like a bumbling knucklehead, but yet. Um, powerful in making decisions without trying to be the bumbling knucklehead mm-hmm. and yet still comes around to make some good decisions mm-hmm. even though you're not sure that he would uh, and then ends up screwing it up anyway but yeah what know. was that he, he did it really well I believed him at the beginning he basically tells him to hit stop on the assembly line at the Ford yeah yeah plant and basically threatens like he's way, way over dramatic like a, you know he's the what was he saying though that that Basically, their sales were down or something. Yeah, sales were down. The new, the new kids weren't buying Fords, and yeah. and his, you know, he had this overly dramatic. You know, you see it happen, and you're just like, whatever, man. You're 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 trying too hard to be the head honcho that will just stop everything. It kind of plays into the stereotypical uh, owner's kid thinks he knows everything. Yeah, but yeah. Overcompensating for lack of knowledge. Yeah. By ex- the, executing authoritarian. Is he the grandson abuse. of? The original Henry Ford or the son? I, grandson. I grandson. He's okay. a grandson. Okay, yeah. see, I thought he was the son because it said he was the second. Yeah, no. Okay. So, so we're in the 60s at this point, right? Right, so, okay, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's the, yeah. the heir to the Ford dynasty. That He's the, the head honcho there at Ford. And he's a pretty prominent character. So the movie opens up with uh, Carol Shelby and... I'm not a huge gearhead, but Carol Shelby is that one name that kind of stands out that is kind of legendary in the automotive industry and kind of shown off just how uh, legendary this guy is. First two minutes in the movie, he gets out of the car and catches on fire and just like jumps back in and goes racing. It's like, okay, now that lives up to the... <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a racer. <laughs> yeah, the persona of Carol Shelby of like, literally there's nothing going to stop him from <laughs> completing completing the task. Yeah, but the beginning is he's, there's a scene where he's driving at Le Mans, which just sounds like this rolling 24 uh, hour race on like these roads at night and it's wet conditions and stuff. This is over in is it France? Yeah, which... or Italy, I guess. And uh, but he's kind of like blacking out and he's having like basically yeah. he's having heart not, issues. Not able to. Oh, okay, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's he had to stop racing because yeah. the next scene shows him at the doctor's yeah. office and he's like, "You're done." So yeah, he's this legendary racer, but yeah, it kind of sets it up to where he can't race anymore. 
Yeah, I'd never heard of that race, and and I've watched NASCAR over the years and seen all the safety things that they put into this stuff nowadays, and then watching how they raced in the '60s, it's like basically it was the Wild West. It's like there was the only thing stopping you was yourself. There was no safety feature. There was yeah. I mean, they're going 200 miles an hour down a basically a country road for 24 hours straight. Yeah. I mean, the car, the car was going for 24 hours, but we learned that they swapped out drivers throughout. But basically, it's the same two drivers for that whole 24 yep. hour period that you'd run in shifts, and it's just crazy to to think that things like that go on. Because I know watching NASCAR, where you know the longest race is probably you know four, five, six hours, depending on wrecks and all that. And so how grueling it is, as hot as it gets in those cars, I couldn't imagine trying to drive 24 hours and keep everything going. Yeah. That's crazy. A lot of wear and tear, a lot of risk. That's a big element of the movie is how do you manage the vehicle, push it to the limit without breaking yeah. it. Because uh, that well, was an issue. That and the, the whole premise came from, you know, Ford wanted to attract a younger market. And how do you do that? You race. And um, they targeted, for some reason, it's kind of crazy, back in the 60s, Le Mans was a big deal. I mean, they made a movie about Le Mans with Steve McQueen. They made a couple other movies about Le Mans. It was a big deal. And Americans could not compete. So Ford said, and this is real, went and tried to buy a Ferrari because Ferrari was struggling. Uh, but Fiat was giving them cash stipends for a while and then actually bought them, you know, after this time, Back I think '68, I think is when they actually bought them, um, so that they could. And the whole controversy of this is what spurred Ford to finally, you know, uh, the deuce to make that final decision was that Enzo Ferrari is like, nope, I'm not selling it to you know crappy Americans, and uh, and he's like, all right, fine, we'll go beat his ass, you know, in the race. So that kind of was the turning point of yes, now we're in the race. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did go tour the factory in real life they did look they did talk about it it, but Fiat had been given Ferrari money for promoting Italian manufacturing anyway Mm -hmm. and then ended up buying them in 68 so and it's crazy to learn that here's Ford that they have all these assembly lines and all that and then we learned that Ferrari was literally hand building Mm -hmm. everything well yeah they're building high end then they still do high end race cars and high end performance machines that aren't your but average but it was all built by hand oh yeah if you want good performance it's got to be by hand that's just how it is and i, I mean just, that's when we raced motorcycles you took everything apart and you redid it all mm-hmm. because sloppy manufacturing just how it happens yeah and i looked it up and le mans still goes on the oh yeah the this year's le mans is, is going to start august 21st saturday august 21st through sunday august 22nd yeah so if you want to catch this year's le mans yeah there we it's, go. it's still a big deal say so like drive full board for like four hours and then take a nap they took yep. uh, miles like he'd have some tea after getting out of the car the mm-hmm. other guy would switch in he'd take a nap oh yeah jump back in yep that's how they did some so they have different categories in Le Mans. I think it, like a solo, and then they have a team, and you know. Yeah. And one thing I I didn't think about till Cena mentioned it when we was watching it, is you really have to watch your intake mm-hmm. as far as eating and drinking because it, you can't stop for a bathroom break. Pull over and have a restroom break. Yeah. yeah. 
it, yeah, it didn't help that distracting you. Yeah, because like, oh, man, I really got pee. Yeah, because if you're having a you know two, four, six hour stint, however long your stint is, you can't be stopping to go potty. So yeah. that, that's one thing I never even considered. I mean, I know nowadays it's nothing that you hear the like the race car drivers and NASCAR drivers talk about. You know, just go in the bathroom mm-hmm. in their suits. Oh yeah, if you have to go, you got to go. Yeah. Now, did you guys notice when they was in the board meeting, they was talking about uh, not the local yokels at Winston-Salem Racing? Yeah. Okay, I think, now this is pure speculation on my part, I couldn't find anything, but I think that's in reference to the legendary Bowman Gray Stadium. I don't know enough about NASCAR to know. Uh, Bowman Gray Stadium, it's a still racetrack, uh, of course we didn't go last year, but we've gone there every at least once every summer since 2010. And Bowman Gray Stadium is one uh, is a NASCAR-sanctioned quarter-mile asphalt flat oval short track and long-standing football stadium in Winston, located in Winston-Salem. It's one of the stock car racing's most legendary venues and referred to as NASCAR's longest-running weekly race track. Wow! But we always uh, we always go to it in the summers. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, I did. yeah, I remember you. Yeah, that night we there was a show on Discovery Channel. It was a reality show. They followed some of the drivers that went to Bowman Gray called uh, Madhouse, and basically, the way they race is it's all or nothing, and it's nothing to see on a Saturday night. You go down there, pay ten bucks, well worth it, and watch guys drive basically like they did in Le Mans. Like it's wide open, and if you get my way, I will run you off the track, and there may be a fist fight involved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's racers doing racing, not this, where NASCAR's kind of taken the lead over the years, so let's be safer, guys, let's slow yeah. down. A lot of pomp like, and circumstance. Yeah, it's, it's like, no, you're going to race, it's, it's all or nothing. And if you tear up my car, you're not going to have a car to drive back either. Yeah, there was a little jab at one point, I forget which character it was, but it might have been uh, Shelby's character, kind of uh, looking down on NASCAR a little bit as basically turning left for yeah four hours yeah yeah yeah, yeah all you do is making turn. a slight left turn for that long yeah this is more uh, I mean you're downshifting like crazy going through t- tight turns yeah this is road course racing it's a whole other ordeal and I thought that was one of the most enjoyable parts for me about the movie was just like the little bit of the thrillingness of the way they shot the racing scenes mm-hmm. and just like the engine noise and the, yeah. the downshifting going into turns. They did a good job with the brakes. All the cars yeah. looked uh, really cool too. Yeah, got the for uh, and I'm not even a big car head or anything, but for folks that are really into old Fords and Ferraris, I mean, you're getting to see some pretty cool. Yeah, you're getting to see kind of the the pristine of what the old racing style. Yeah, I mean, some of those Ferraris. I mean, the '60s they look pretty futuristic. Oh yeah. They're crazy iconic. Yeah. And that's that's what I kind of find funny, too, a little bit. If you are a gearhead, like, the Ford cars don't look anything like any of the Ford models. But, I mean, in order to race, it has to, you know, like, in the beginning, right. they're talking about the cars basically wanting to be an airplane. So, you know, you got to change the looks. you got to change the style to get everything to perform the way you need it to. So, interesting stuff. Now, a couple tidbits. Um, Christian Bales lost 70 pounds. He is English, by the way. Yeah. He's English. Oh, he is. Yeah, he was born in Wales to English parents. Yeah, so he lost seventy pounds to look more like Ken Miles. 
Yeah, that's what I didn't recognize. Because he came from Dick Cheney to to Ken Miles, and he had to drop seventy pounds. And Matt Damon, you know, said he had monk like behavior. He was very diligent. And uh, man, he's yeah, he's like famous and, for doing that, dropping and losing. Oh yeah, gaining and losing weight for roles, crazy. And uh, he worked with Ken Miles' son to get an accurate portrayal of Ken, and uh, you know, transferred some of that knowledge over to the the actress that played Ken's wife. And then he and uh, the the boy in the movie. Uh, they put on a great father-son moment. It was all by uh, just improvisation, improvisation. He pulls in after winning the race, and the son gets in the car with him, and he's like, "Hey, let's take a lap." Well, that was all Christian Bale. He's like, "What if you know? What if I tell him to get in the car and we we do a lap, you know?" And then he sang a song from his childhood, the "I'm H A P P Y," and uh, that song is actually an English song that kids sing, and he sung it. And the the little the boy uh, Peter Bales. I don't know what his name, actor, real name is. He's also English, so he knew the song. So he jumped in on it. And it was just one of those moments that was, you know, just pure, I won't say accident, but, you know, improvisation. And it worked out and made the cut in the movie and it was a pretty cool father-son moment. Yeah, and I also read where uh, when, they, when they did the, uh, went to... Uh, I'm just drawing a blank here. Christian Bell went actually to driving school to learn how to drive these cars, and his trainer was actually actually worked with Ken Miles. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, it's basically just a direct. Other than his son, I mean, it, it's funny how this movie worked out where they was getting some of it was intentional, you know, working with Ken's son, but indirectly getting a direct connect to Ken as far as. The ironing, the driving techniques, and all that. What'd you think of the trailer, Dave? I can see why it doesn't portray the movie correctly. Whoever did the trailer, I don't think watched the movie. I was afraid that, you know, you watch the trailer sometimes, you're like, okay, I pretty much get it. I don't think Mm -hmm. the trailer has most of the movie in it. And it is kind of a longer trailer with a lot of scenes. It jumps back and forth amongst the scenes that don't really portray what the movie's about. I mean, a little bit of, you know, Henry Ford II, a little bit of Ken Miles talking with his son, because that's how it starts out. He's talking to his son on the, you know, the practice track, and uh, and just, I don't know, shows a little bit of Matt Damon here and there, but it doesn't really, like you said, Joe, if I watched the trailer, I'd never know that it was part of this movie. Yeah, that's why I wasn't sold yeah, on the movie. Uh, I, when I saw the trailer, when it first released, I was like, I don't know. If, it, it looks more like a history lesson than no thank you. I want yeah. If I want to watch yeah. a movie, I want something entertaining I don't want boring but there were were some explosions oh yeah they <laughs> yeah the director uh james mangold was really wanted to pull off the illusion of speed and uh, yeah and they worked with all their technician and crafts people and they put it together and said if it doesn't look fast we're just going to do it again yeah and they did it again and they did it you know they did it until it looked like they were doing 200 miles down the straightaways you know well, like you said you justin the shifting and yeah the, there's some movies where you can tell sometimes you can tell certain shots for a second, you're like, they're going like 40 miles an hour and right. portrayed as 100. Yeah. This didn't have that issue. Yeah, there. Yeah, I didn't get that feeling. There, was, there wasn't there was any part of the movie that I felt pulled me out of that situation where the situation was. Like, the whole time I felt like I was there, you know, I was able to indulge, be yeah. in, in the into the movie and didn't feel like, wait a minute, you just took me out of the story plot. Now you're going to have to pull me back in. I was in for the whole ride. Yeah, they did some cool, like, zooming out and the car is going really fast down a straightway and you see the crowd and stuff. So they, they did some really good uh, camera work, I thought. 
sometimes it'd be zoomed way out. Other times you're like right down there in the corner where they're going through real fast. And so I found this interesting. The in North America the movie was marketed as Ford versus Ferrari, but in most other countries it was actually titled Le Mans '66. That that's the first year Ford won '66. At the end, they they show that they won like four years in a row. Yeah. But then never again. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only American car that's ever won at Le Mans. Right, and especially four years in a row. Yeah. They had a good little run there, but then. <laughs> and we're on a bit of a <laughs> losing streak now. And and hats off to Carroll Shelby. He. Through the whole process, make sure he had his hands in, in the whole ordeal from beginning to end, even on the track. And and he stood up for his product, his workers, his crew. And, and Cena made an observation that I didn't even pick up on. So at the race, Mr. Ford uh, leaves the race to go get dinner and leaves in the helicopter. Yeah, fancy, fancy. Yeah, and Shelby's right there in the pit with the guys the whole time. Oh, yeah. Cha- changing the brakes, everything. Yeah, yeah, overseeing that's, everything, managing yeah. it all. Yeah, doing time you know, time tracks and all that. And that's one thing I just never caught on. Cena goes, tells you the, the stature of the man when, you know, he's not above... Mm-hmm. He's not getting dirty. To, yeah, yep. he's he's not going to ask somebody to do something he wouldn't do himself. Yeah, and then kind of the, the wrinkle in the film is uh, B.B., He's played by uh, the heck is it? Uh, Josh Lu- Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas yeah. is the bad guy. He's constantly trying to undermine him. Yeah. Which there's mixed reviews. Some of the Ford people say that he is not that kind of guy. You know that he was hard nosed, but he wasn't the kind of guy to cut people down. Um, but boy, Josh Lucas pulls it off and makes you just hate him. Yeah, you just literally want to reach to the TV and just knock him out, especially yeah. with it, it rolls out at the end. You yeah. Just... So. Kind of weird. Josh Braylon also filmed some scenes for the movie, but none of it made it into actual video. Really? Yeah. And he was a little upset about it. He sent out some tweets that had him and Matt Damon's like, man, we really killed it. These movie executives don't know what they have. You know, they should have left it in there. Right. <coughs> but, uh, you know, interesting enough to see. Josh Braylon almost got in. So the scene where Ken's talked to his wife about going to work for Shelby. Yeah. And they're talking about money. Yeah. So Ken tells his wife that he's been offered two hundred dollars a day plus expense uh-huh. expenses. Expensive, and yeah. she's just floored. So you know we're sitting here thinking about okay, a two hundred dollars a day that's not much. I mean that that that's a good even today standard. That's not a bad money maker. But this was in nineteen sixty six. Sixty six. Yeah. So if we up it to today's rate. Uh, in 2019, that amount would come to $1,620 a day plus expenses. Holy cow. Yeah, so now you see why he was... So that's uh, such a big deal. Yeah, why she was like, Holy yeah, basically bash him over the head. Are you stupid? You know, why aren't yeah, you yeah. already saying, why aren't you telling me that you did this instead of asking me? Yeah. Yeah, part so, of the thing that they keep coming back to is like the, that the Ford execs don't seem to understand is you can't just buy a win. That's one thing he brings up. Like, you have to have the right driver in there for you you can't just yeah just put anybody in there and shelby really is you know he's a believer in miles and the big conflict of the movie is that the ford guys do not like this miles guy they're like what if somebody puts a microphone in front of his face how's he going to represent the ford team he's going to do something stupid well and they had a really interesting conversation at the test track where at the same time they're having this conversation ken miles set the lap record for the track 
first time getting in a car. Yeah. yeah. And he's telling him, well, he, he's not the right image. He's kind of a beatnik. And then he's like, well, he drove a busted tank across Europe in you know, World War II. Uh, really, yeah, he's not a beatnik. He's the exact opposite. Yeah. And they're like, well, maybe he's just too good then. And he kind of flip-flops on, you know, and that yeah. just makes you hate BB. You know, it hates you make hate Josh Lucas. And you're just like, what? A dirtbag. And um, he just, he wants to... He wants have, to manipulate he wants the, credit for like the yeah. teams. He wants to can't stand having that. Uh, and that's the thing that uh, Berenthal's character. He's kind of trying to play middle ground a little bit, and he's like, you know, Shelby, you got to kind of work with these guys and yeah. these forward guys. They're not gonna let you just totally take over and not give them any credit. You right, got to be a team player. A team player, yeah. And Miles isn't a team player at this point, which they all knew that. And that was Shelby's role was to kind of tame miles and make him a team player i found it funny that you know you know it's no secret i'm i'm a tech nerd yeah that i always love a good gadget or gizmo and miles he jumps in the test car and they have all this equipment hooked up i was gonna say to make your day when they threw the computer out absolutely yes it is. <laughs> so you know as much as i am a tech nerd there's sometimes that I will admit, and I'm annoyed that technology gets in the way, so there's Miles on the test track, and he's trying to do a test lap, and all that garbage, all that tech is in the way, so he literally throws it out of garbage yeah. and starts taping little pieces of string, Yeah. and literally all everybody that's thin there watching going, oh, wow, he is losing air there. Well, that's the engineer comes <laughs> yeah. over in the movie, and he's like, he is, and they're like, yeah, and you don't need a computer to tell you. Yeah. You, know, you can see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's not it's not rocket science, guys. Look how simple it is. You don't have to have all this fancy gadgetry to to prove your point. Right yeah. here, some just some string and some tape. <laughs> so yeah, Miles may not be the 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 uh, ideal candidate, but obviously he's much more uh, knowledgeable about the subject than what. Ford wants to acknowledge. Yeah. And they they tried to sideline him, but then Ford went over and basically got embarrassed right the year before they won at Le Mans. And so then Henry Ford the second, he's like I mean, he's all about winning. So uh Shelby comes in there and basically says, You need to like give me the reins and give me the driver I want and I'll get you a win and then that kinda he's able to get Miles back in, even though eventually he's undermined again the the one guy just does not want to see miles on the yeah. winning the race oh yeah, yeah representing for when they lock josh lucas up in the office and and shelby takes uh mr ford out into the car and takes him all the way into the track I, that, was that, that that was a fu- that was the funniest part of the whole movie he's like yeah there's a part where he craps his pants yeah. <laughs> oh he was going <laughs> Super fast, weaving through cones with this uh, Ford executive. Yeah, well, didn't know what was coming. At Henry all. Ford the second, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted to see what nine billion dollars bought him. Well, there you go. That's how. Yeah. That's how you prove it. And that's it's kind of crazy. So there's a lot of significance in how the movie did kind of stay accurate to the portrayal of the events, but also straight off the path a little bit. Like according to um, you know Carol Shelby, he and Miles never really had a fist fight or never had a grocery fist fight which one of the funniest scenes in the movie for me was 
when they have their little tussle out in the street <laughs> and the wife goes and pulls up a chair and a drink and is looking at her magazine while it's going on. Yeah, it's like, and she almost acts like this is normal, that it's nothing yeah, good yeah. for these guys to be doing this. And I really, really liked where he's like, hey, you know, she's like, hey, do you want to, you know, uh, a pop or soda or yeah. whatever? And he's like, yes, please. And uh, and she's like, Shelby, would you like one as well? And he's like, and and he's like, none for him. Yeah, <laughs> just me, not him. Yeah, he can, he can get his own. Yeah, don't get a pop for him. So yeah, still the little childish, you know, playground yeah. fight thing still going on. Yeah, like they, they mentioned, oh, it's been a few years. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, the last time we had a little brawl like this yeah. was back in. And I like that he, you know, he started hitting him with a can good, and he stopped and grabbed a loaf of bread and starts beating him with a yeah. loaf of bread because, like you said earlier before the show started, Joe, you know, he didn't want to hurt him, but it was still a fight. Yeah, yeah. He even though he was fighting, he couldn't, he couldn't he, hurt his race car driver. Yeah, he, even though they was fighting, that was still his friend, and you know, yeah, I want to prove my point and get my point across, but I'm not willing to risk, you know, actual physical harm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll beat you with the bread. Yeah, this is funny because Matt Damon's character, he's got his, like, fancy sunglasses on. And he's yeah. looking all, like, uh, swag, and he gets kind of right up in his face, and he's basically uh, chewing him out a little bit, and then out of nowhere, just a, a fist comes yeah. through, the, <laughs> through the frame and punches him right in the nose, where uh, he's like, oh, all right, I guess we're doing this now. Like, yeah, we fight here in the yard. Yeah, which is just another one of those. It lives up to the Carol Shelby legendary, uh, mm-hmm. you know, heat. Takes no no nonsense off of anybody. Yep. And it would be guys. Would it be fair to say almost John Wayne esque? Like we're going to do it my way. Oh yeah. And because it's the right way, and right. it'll get results. Right. And even though you think I'm wrong, I'm going to prove that you I'm right. Yeah, he was able to like deal with the executives in a way Miles obviously never could. Like he was able to push back and be a little bit firm but at the same time he was able to play ball a little bit and live within that world of the suits the guys in the suits yeah he was able to get his point across without just you know leaving the table or and now although although, you know we haven't got to the end yet but the way the end plays out which i know we'll get to there shortly yeah but i was gonna say let's go ahead and jump into that well let's let's i'm ready okay go ahead but you uh, finish out you know and, and when you see the way it all plays out, it's like, you know, I wouldn't have blamed him a bit for leaving that table. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, and there's a lot of conflicting results. Or not results, but stories about what actually happened. So, um, they did have rain. They did have the wrecks. They did have equipment failures in the Le Mans that they portrayed. Uh, Miles actually did have trouble closing his door, but it was reportedly because he caught his helmet on the door when he was getting in um so he kind of did it to himself but i thought i thought ferrari had w- was messed with the door handle because you know they do that quick split over yeah. to mr uh, the ferrari owner himself i thought they monkeyed with the door nah handle. nah so uh but it, it he bent the door by slamming it on his own helmeted head <laughs> in real life and uh but that didn't stop him he did set multiple new lap records um he did have brake fade and that the pit crew did come up with an unorthodox strategy replacing the front brake rotors and the french racing officials were shocked by it um, but they didn't have any vocal objections um, from the ferrari's pit crew like the movie portrayed so there wasn't like that animosity between teams i guess but you know deep down that they had there had to be some kind of like 
hey, why are they doing that? Why, you know, why didn't we? Think oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And then you know, there's that funny little part where Shelby nicks their stopwatches. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently, there's no record of that, but just you know, part of, added into the film, kind of playing into it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you're ready for the ending, I got the the scoop on it. Okay. So whenever you guys, have you guys looked at the budget? If not, I'm gonna. No, yes. I have no idea. Let's do a, okay. Yeah, I had the budget. Uh, uh, quiz here. I know so Christian gets... Christian Bales did not do any of his own driving. They did not put him in a race car to drive. Well, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you look at it, though, he's a lot of money at risk right, right there. Right, right, so, yeah. yeah. Don't put him in anything high performance. Right. Keep him safe. What's your guess, Joe? Budget. I don't know. I know it, so I'm, uh, I'm going to... Dave, gonna... what do you think? I have no idea. I don't know. $500 million? $97 million. Okay. What's well, the budget? I was way off. I know they had to recreate tracks. They got all the expensive cars. There's a lot of stuff going on there. High name actors. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. where's that kind of fit in like a normal movie budget nowadays? Yeah. Well, like some of the big uh, superhero ones are like well, multiple look, hundreds of millions, I think. Let me look up uh, Avengers Endgame because that's that was a real big budget one. Huh. Back in the day, Titanic that was like a big budget, which is probably normal now a normal size budget now yeah so 98 million okay so here Avengers Endgame to give you guys some idea okay the budget for Avengers Endgame was 356 million oh wow how much did this movie gross did it make back it's 98 million yeah well worldwide yeah I made uh, probably doubled its money okay yeah in US it was 117 million worldwide was 225 million nice good it's a good movie so all right, on to the ending so, uh, apparently, according to both parties, there's a lot less internal bickering. Um, right. Especially about BB's directive that Miles slow down long enough for a second, third place Fords to catch up. Uh, in the heat of the moment, Shelby was completely fine with that suggestion. And he said in, his, in an interview, though, he did regret it um, because he, and this is his quote, I'll be forever sorry that I agreed with Leo Beebe and Henry Ford to have the three cars come across same time. Ken was one and a half laps ahead, and he'd have won the race. It broke his heart. Then we lost him in August. So, uh, not the internal strife that the movie makes it out to be, um, but it also says Miles was also more accommodating in real life than the movie. Uh, even though he had been screwed over, you know, he judiciously tried to explain to the Los Angeles Times, um, please be careful in how you report what I've said. I work for these people. They've been awfully good to me. And, you know, even though he's congenial and talented, he denied recognition in his lifetime due to minor technicalities and a fatal accident in his late 40s. So, yeah, a little extra polish on the story. But, you know, Ken Miles, obviously a talented driver and would have won Le Mans straight out, but was the team player so yeah, yeah. The, the scene is that all first second and third at Le Mans in this this year that they won are all Ford cars and the yeah. Ford execs want uh, Ken Miles who's beating the other two Ford cars to slow down so they can all finish at the same time and get this photo up yeah and there's a technicality of one car started farther back so he technically traveled a longer distance in the same amount of time that that made me I was pretty annoyed with that. Yeah, that, yeah. So, so then it makes you wonder. Okay, was that a true technicality, or was like, was there some backdoor dealings that went on uh, to the, make it? They make it seem that way, but the French officials decided the race. 
and kind of knew saw that coming so but yeah that just it was one when i saw that play out i i was they could have i I, in the back of my head too though i was kind of like why wouldn't they just have you know miles be a little bit ahead second a little bit behind third a little bit behind yeah that's what i thought and that way it would have been a clear distinction right that would have made for a better picture because you'd have the podium style i guess yeah but to me why wouldn't you just want uh miles to tear through there and get a good time that looked better than slowing down i think Uh, maybe he wasn't close to like the record or something like that i don't know yeah i just to me uh but yeah i mean why the best time possible not some photo finish well, that that was the whole moral of the story. That the Ford yeah. executives didn't think in terms of racing; they yeah. thought in terms of PR yeah. and what yeah. looks best, and yeah. how can I make the biggest splash, and how and you know their ultimate goal is how do we sell more cars? Well, still, I'm on with Justin on this one. It's much more PR saying, "Look, we not only won, but we crammed it down Ferrari's throat. We was yeah, li- they crammed it down their throat anyway. Ferrari didn't even finish a race. Yeah, but still, we're, and and keep in mind, they're not competing with Ferrari in the real world for car sales. Right, but still. They just needed to have a win, and having one, two, and three is even better. Yeah, but not only can you say, okay, we are the best car company around, but we beat the top leading, top performance car company by a lap and a half. That is much more advertising than, mm. yeah, we took first, second, Ferrari and third. was out of the race, so it didn't matter. But they were still. beating themselves by a lap and a half. Okay. But it's just. I was completely on board. Oh for, yeah, it uh, makes you mad. Yeah, yeah it makes I was you super on board mad for Miles just go up there and just start cleaning clocks. I yeah. Mean, I was, oh yeah. And it, there's kind of a risk there too. If he kept pushing the car hard, what if what if it broke? You know, how bad would you feel if you gave up? You know, you broke before the finish line and threw it away when right. he could realistically just dial it back, cruise in for the win. Not a big deal. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. Points here and there. I man, it's just so crushing to know that that happened. And then two months later, or... and then he dies. You know, at the test track. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer of an ending. Yeah, was not seeing that ending. Yeah. Common. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if you noticed a little bit of foreshadowing. He talks to Peter. Carol talks to Peter. You know, back when he wrecked at the airport, and he's like, "Hey, they have a fire suit on. That's why they wear the fire suit. You know, gives them time." And in that last scene, he was not wearing a fire suit. You know, I did not notice that. Yeah, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Okay, so I thought, and I was quickly disappointed. And once they show the the car explode, then they cut to the next scene where this car pulls up to the doors and the driver gets out. I thought, oh great, they fast forward a couple of years, and that's Miller's son or Miles' son in the driver's seat and then we find out no it's only been a couple months this is some other ding dong driver yeah, they that, have in. that carol shelby doesn't like yeah i was i was disappointed I, I was hoping that that was ken's son in the driver's seat yeah you know what i did like the guy that played pops the tall skinny fella his, yes his right hand man yeah i thought that guy did an outstanding job yes he did just with his little looks you know he didn't have a lot to say no but, you know, and even like the, the one point, and I'll see if this stood out to you, he's eating a bologna sandwich at Le Mans, and he's like, here comes rain. And he's just like, yep. <laughs> Got it under control. Not a problem. Yeah. You know, and when he's selling cars, he's, you know, he's just, he's that right-hand, that cons- consummate right-hand guy. But I thought yeah. that actor pulled that off yeah. wonderfully. Now, guys, how can we go through this whole discussion and not discuss the most obvious prop in the entire movie 
the wrench. The wrench? Yeah. Yeah. How did we go this whole conversation without him bringing That's it up? That's a good point. <laughs> that was, you know. Because, I mean. He threw it at Carroll Shelby, broke up window broke, in a car. He busted and, his windshield. Wins the race. Mm-hmm. And Carroll makes that. Did you guys catch it when the Carroll had it actually encased in glass and hanging on his wall? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he gave gives it to, it to son, Ken's yeah. son. Yeah. How, how did we completely miss this part of the conversation? Uh, well, I mean, that's more of a sentiment, and it didn't have any of the controversy in it. It was kind of just okay. one of those token sentiments. But, you know, let them circle back at the end of the field, at film and, and Carol Shelby actually make closure. Right. Which I felt weird. It's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I guess Miles was a mechanic as well. But it, it didn't to me. That's the one part I was kind of like, eh. You know, it's a little token of the heartfelt, you know, hey, Carol Shelby, sorry that this kind of went down, talking to his son. He's like, here's a wrench. I don't know. I didn't feel like that was a big part of the movie at the very end. I thought it was funny in the beginning because he had it framed. Right. But, <clears throat> but you know, the well, wrench. I, I felt it kind of it kind of wrap everything up with a nice heartwarming ending versus, yeah. you know, Ken dies, the end. Yeah. Yeah, you, I agree you, with you. It you was a good of, way to close it up. Yeah, you kind of had to, you know, you've had this great story, and you can't end on a on a bad note. So they, they yeah. figured out a way to polish it up at the end. So, well, let's kick off with some uh, our traditional monitoring rating system here. Right. I'm excited. I, I I I'm excited. This was a I, great I'm, pick when Justin picked this. I was like, I am on board 100. percent This is one of my favorite films now. Yeah, my my range went on. Completely do two different directions on what I what I perceived the preview to be. And oh the yeah, movie. trailer sucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Now that I watched it, it's terrible. It's Whoever nice did that is a yeah. Yeah, so that's they why really I, did a disservice to the yeah, film. Yeah, that's why I was completely yeah. against seeing it in the beginning, and then when yeah. Justin picked it, I was hesitant because mm-hmm. I thought this is just a history lesson. This isn't. It, it, this is going to be mind numbing. Yeah. But Justin, I, I I need to quit. Doing that because so far, like every movie you pick is like a knockout for me. So I, what? for whatever reason, I'm still he, he's the one that picked Mad Max. Just FYI, yeah, he's yeah, but he's that was, uh, our, that was, was that my first pick? Yeah, that was yeah. your first okay, pick. So, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but left the record show Dave forced us to watch Mad Max too because it was so much better. Well, no, I said it was the better out of the two. No, you said it, no, you. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a cult classic, Max. and if you're gonna watch the cult classic, you might as well watch the actual yeah, cult classic. I'd much rather watch Paint Dry. <laughs> I'm with you there. It's no Howard the Duck, but you know. That's right. <laughs> I'm just gonna point out I'm the only one that hasn't introduced a flop yet. Mad Max too. We just brought that up. I, it wasn't me. That was Justin. No, that was you that brought that up. No, it's Justin. <laughs> yeah, it was I'm not. I'm not throwing Justin under the bus on that one. I will <laughs> on Mad Max, but Mad Max Two is all you, buddy. No way, man. Yeah, but Justin has fully <clears throat> regained himself, like. On, on all his picks. Yeah, I agree. Now, I'm not a big fan of newer movies usually, but this one was a home run. By far. Yep, I liked it. So, Justin, this was your pick, so yeah, what, do you want to drop the first? Well, what kind of drew me in was just the actors, the main actors, Christian Bale, uh, Matt Damon. Like, uh, I keep telling you, Joe, uh, if there's a mop bucket movie out there for me that I don't even have to think about whether it is or not, it's uh, Goodwill Hunting, which is Matt Damon. So I always like to see him and stuff. Saw him in the Martian recently. It's like, you know what? This guy is is good. There's a reason he's one of oh, yeah. the most famous actors out there. He's yeah. able to carry a movie. And uh, so I pretty much got into it for them, but then was kind of like uh, really enjoying and thought all the the racing scenes, just the, the engine noise, the excitement of the race, 
was a fun part of the movie, and I thought they did a really yeah. good job with that, portraying, uh, making it look fast, like you said. If I may interrupt you, mm-hmm. do you guys notice, were there any actors that didn't portray their role spot on? No. I mean, like the wife, I thought she did awesome. Yeah. The son, the boy, I thought he did awesome. All the big name actors, the Ford execs, you know, all of Shelby's team, I thought they did awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that there was one. Like I said, one I, character there that didn't portray themselves good. I, there wasn't a part that I found myself being pulled out of the movies like, well, that's terrible. Yeah. I didn't. I had zero. It's kind of crazy because I think every once in a while I'll notice somebody and be like, "That's unrealistic," or that person just yeah didn't sell me on the character. But right, I was sold in this movie. Yeah, I think it's a good point. Good point, Justin. I like it. The only thing I might ding it for is that I mean, there's no like huge ground being broken or anything. It's like everything was done really well, but there wasn't necessarily. This is not a new movie. There's a yeah certain predictability to it that mm-hmm. it feels like you know that. The general story arc, but plenty of stuff uh, in between to keep you entertained. I so. think, yeah, and you, and like you said, it had a nice mix of real-time racing. You know, you can hear the engines. I thought they did that spot on, mm-hmm. but also with a little touch of comedy and a little touch of drama. Right. So it kind of pulled your emotions everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Uh, right. So, you know, just trying to get it right in my head where I'm at exactly. It's kind of vacillating back and forth but i think i'm gonna go large but uh maybe like a handful that uh somebody stole out of your large popcorn really somebody picked a couple corn kernels out but i can't go medium i want to say overflow to medium but i can't quite go there because i don't think i think it's i can't mop. believe it's that low i'm a, a me too i'm a mop bucket oh, i'm yeah. a mop bucket easy me, yeah, i can too. watch it i've watched this three times now okay and in between those three times i've watched part of it when mm-hmm. it just happens to be on uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can watch this all day long, yeah, over and over. I'm large, I think, which is still good rating. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a race car guy, though. I'm a race guy, so. Yeah, yeah. I thought the engines were spot on. You know, the race scenes were spot on. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe. All right, so. I'm overflowing mop. Or I'm mop bucket easy. Not yeah. overflowing, but mop okay. bucket. Yeah, I, I'm on mop bucket, too. Now, when I first saw the two-and-a-half-hour runtime, I was. Really? Two-and-a-half hours? Yeah. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, when I first saw that, I thought. Okay, I was a little skeptical. I was a little questionable on that. I thought, okay, this is there's going to be some good parts and there's going to be some boring parts, and I'm going to have to struggle through the boring parts. But honestly, the flow of the movie it didn't go too fast, it didn't go go too slow, and you that two and a half hours goes by quickly. Yeah, that even in the what this what I felt was the slowest parts. Yeah. It was meaning. It was still meaningful parts of the movie. I didn't find myself going, "All right, let's wrap this up. Let's move on to the next scene." I didn't. Not there was not a single second of the movie where I was going, "Okay, yeah, it would have been better if they'd cut this out, or mm-hmm. if they'd made this a little longer." It was timed perfectly, even though it was two and a half hours. It was played out perfectly. Didn't realize it was that long. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, the storyline, I was not pulled out at any point of going, "Oh, that, that could have been a little better." Yeah. I mean, it was. It was a finely polished uh, movie. Now, I went back and read some of the gotchas or, or inconsistencies, and a lot of those I did not see. Really? What were some of them? I don't even know. Okay, f- so one of them, the the fight scene when they're fighting with yeah. the bread. The bread bag said uh, Wonder Bread Classic. In 66, it would have just said Wonder Bread. Ah, okay. Yeah, so little things like oh, that. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be classic yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still new. Uh 
Hmm. And then a lot of the things with the cars and the track, stuff like that. Yeah. As, like they said at the Daytona track, they didn't have the the safer barriers until in the 2000s. Yeah. So little things like that that personally yeah. I didn't notice, so there wasn't... I mean, I'm obviously there's people that notice that, but I don't think that's enough to take away from the story. There's these little minor nuances. But some of this stuff is obvious, but like little things like that, I did not feel hurt the movie any. So, full on mop bucket. Excellent choice, Justin. I cannot uh, stress that enough. Yeah, good. Glad you enjoyed it. Definitely an entertaining movie. You can't deny that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and like and like we've highly stressed, the if you've watched the, the uh, trailer for it, please don't base that trailer off the movie. Mm-hmm. If you're basing it off the trailer, please go see it. it has, the trailer does not do it justice by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes ninety two percent uh tomato meter, ninety eight percent audience score, so people definitely like this movie. Nice. Completely well, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Well some of us rated it accurately with a mop bucket and others did not. Yeah. <laughs> to me there there's a certain element of a uh, cookie cutterness. And like if you did a cookie cutter movie really well. But still I can't quite get into mop bucket because there's Well I mean in this day and age, what movie is going to be outside the realm of cookie cutter. I mean, yep. they they pretty much explored just about everything. Right. Yeah. So, Dave, what's like, your... Oh, the Martian, sorry, I couldn't quite... I wouldn't get that out of my bucket either. Even yeah. though I thought Matt Damon was good in it. I feel this movie he was on par with his acting in uh, Martian as well. I don't know. Yeah. I agree with you. Martian, I can watch again and again as well, which yeah. is kind of crazy because he pulled off so many scenes just talking to himself. Yeah. I have not seen that one. What, Joe? Jeez, yeah. a whiz, man. Okay, so Dave, what's your reasoning behind your mop bucket choice? I just, the accuracy and the emotion it elicited. So, um, all the actors, spot on. Mm-hmm. You know, they all sold me. The storyline was good. It made you hate BB. It made you root for Miles, even though Miles is a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made you appreciate Carol Shelby and his, you know, get it done attitude. It made me believe that, you know, uh, the Ford guy, Ford the second, the deuce, that he was kind of inept, but, you know, going out of his way to prove that he was in charge. You know, and Lee Iacocca, I've heard his name before. Yeah, there was another... And I don't know why, but... There's a movie that where his name's been thrown in. I can't, for the life of me, I, I can... Yeah, I mean, I just I was familiar with that name. I can remember the tagline, but I don't, for the life of me, cannot figure out the movie. But I thought he did a fantastic job as kind of mediating the situation, so... You know, and Pops, you know, the the old skinny fellow that was Shelby's right-hand man played a key role without saying a whole lot. You know, just his little looks he would give, you know, and his his knowledge base. And I was just, I don't know, I just sold, there wasn't anything that I was taken back by. And I was drawn into the, the drama of it all with, you know, a little bit of comedy thrown in here and there. And the comedy wasn't like slapstick comedy that you throw in just to have comedy. It was comedy that was just situational. And I could see it happening in real life, you know. Um, so just that deal of it was all fairly realistic as far as this movie draws you in. You get mad, you get sad, you get happy, you laugh a little, yeah. get drawn up into the drama of the race. So, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah. yeah. With the exception of the grocery bag fight scene, uh, <laughs> for me, I did, there were some moments that seemed like just a little bit of a laugh moment that didn't quite get there for me. So that's part of it maybe took it out of a little bit for me is yeah uh you could tell this is kind of supposed to be a 
little bit of a uh, a moment where you get a little bit of a laugh that that didn't quite always land for me, and ex- with the exception of yeah, their fight, which was funny. I like that. So yeah, it was a thrilling ride nonetheless. Yeah, just super well shot, polished, uh, everything. Yeah, the for me, yeah, just the story itself maybe didn't quite push it to the super high levels for me, but yeah, to each his own, I guess. Okay. Well, that's why we like to have all differing views. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and that's that's part of it is you know getting different views on the different scenes and different takes. I think we had, we had a nice little three three generation look here, and uh, well, yeah. three different movie styles. So it makes it nice. At one point, you asked uh, if anybody didn't like kill their role, which uh, you don't expect the kind of side characters to do some amazing job but sometimes I thought some of the pit crew could weren't uh, totally believable like the, the white flag would come out and one of the crew guys would yell that means it's the final lap or like which is just kind of for the audience but to me seemed kind of unrealistic and a little uh, cheesy like I didn't even notice that like some of the the crew guys that are working in it they get like yeah. one line here and there and to me they didn't quite yeah. They, they didn't seem totally uh, believable sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's all right. So, well, this week, you know, Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. I thought it was a very good film. Mop Bucket, obviously. I think it might be my first Mop Bucket. I don't know. Uh, no, I think Peanut Butter Falcon got one, too. Yeah. Did it really? Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll give you that. Uh, so, yeah, next week, Dave's choice. Yeah, next week. So, Dave, are Do we, we going to... Any input? <sighs> yeah, you guys can have some input. I'm all not right. sure, though, what we're going to pick between... This is a tough one because, you know, this is a good movie. So, so, so are we going to discuss this on air or off? Yeah, we'll discuss it here real quick. Okay. So uh, I'm initially thinking, Joe, since you haven't seen Good Will Hunting, to follow up with another Matt Damon film. Okay. But, I mean, there's a lot of other things. So what do you guys feel like? Do you want to switch gears so we could go old school and go Blade Runner with the Harrison Ford one, the original, which is kind of sci-fi, drama, you know, mur- murder mystery type deal. One of my deal. favorite movies, he says. Yeah, we talked about American uh, Beauty, which is mm-hmm. kind of an iconic film that's got five different plots to it. It's a long film, but uh, more drama. And then uh, with Kevin Spacey, one of his best works, I think. Um, yeah. The Big Chill. Um, I'm kind of... The Big Chill's an older movie. It's drama. That's the only one I haven't seen. Though. It's kind of like retro. But uh, I don't know if it'll play over as well. But you mean like fifties? Uh, no, no, it, it's uh, early eighties. Okay. You know, but it's it's one of those that you it doesn't have any explosions or anything that's going to entertain Joe. <laughs> uh, you know where Blade Runner does Blade Runner's action um, and Goodwill Hunting. I don't know. It's another one of these stories. It's just a good heartfelt story. It's a good movie. So. I don't know. What do you guys feel like? Well, I've seen Good Will Hunting about five or six times by now. All right. Well, we'll, so, s- we'll skip that for now then. Let's mark okay. it off. So that leaves the big chill going kind of retro with a slow movie. American Beauty with five different subplots. A lot of stuff to kind of keep up with. Have you, neither one of you seen American Beauty? I have not. I have, but it's been a long time. So. Okay. And then uh, Blade Runner, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. I've, yeah, I'll, any one of those sounds good to me. Yeah. You guys pick. I, I'm, I'm a game for anything. Well, Joe, you're the hard one here to please. Do you feel like you need to have some explosions in your life, or, or what are we saying here? Can you get away with following another movie that doesn't have 
Although this one had a couple car wrecks and explosions and stuff. Right. I might kind of lean away from uh, Blade Runner just because of the sci-fi, just okay. just to uh, give a little bit of a break in between. But don't hold a little bit? Yeah, do that okay. a little bit later. So that leaves American Beauty or the Big Chill? Tell you what, can you, let's see which one we can find. Ah, yeah. Ah, there we go. That's a good way to determine. Because okay. the, the Usual Suspects was like nowhere. We couldn't find that anywhere yeah, online. Yeah. American Beauty, you said? Yep. Okay, so it looks like it's going to be American Beauty. But the Big Chill, nineteen. You get the Big Chill on Amazon, but we'd have we have to rent it. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to be American Beauty. American Beauty, it is. Yep. All right. That's my pick for next week. American Beauty. Get it watched. Go ahead and watch it. Yeah, start watching it and get a little jump on us. You'll be caught up. All right. Good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, Justin, take us out of here. All righty. I'm going to pass it to Joe. Let him take us home. All right. Joe, then. Joe, take us out of here. All right. So for all of our movies, reviews, news, information, be sure to visit our website at beentherewatchthat.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at BTWTPod. And subscribe to the podcast, Been There, Watch That, hosted by Anchor.fm. And please, please, please leave us a five-star review. And please send us your list of movies. Uh, Last week, we reviewed Clue. Mm-hmm. Which uh, shout out to Bobby Nicholas for sending that. Uh, li- that was on his list of suggested movies. So please send us your suggestions. We would love to hear your feedback and uh, tell you. Feel free as long as you stay civil. You can tell us uh, how well we did or if we are completely off center on on our movie ratings. So we would love all the feedback we can get. Sounds awesome, and yep. make sure you uh, catch American Beauty next week. You can be in tune and maybe throw in some comments uh, on any of those platforms with what you thought as well. There we go. Just be warned, you may be fired, though. Dave fired uh, your friend last time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Bobby got banned from the yeah, Bobby, list. at least for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yep. <laughs> we'll let him back. He can have a round. I mean, yeah, well, everybody, say, everybody Bobby, gets one. Bob, yeah. Bobby sent me a list, so we'll, I'll give you guys the list and let yeah. you guys. Pick through it. Uh, yeah, get one, get, get one throw away. But after that, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. you almost had to get a mop bucket to get back in on that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Better be a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, Dave. Because uh-huh. uh, I, you mentioned it has all these subplots, and I'm like, wow, I don't remember anything about this. So it deserves a rewatch. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, next week, American Beauty. Make sure you join us for yep. uh, Justin, Joe, and myself. We're out of here until next week. Thanks for watching and tune back in for more awesome podcasts. Been there, watch that.